my name is Lily Hugenberg and welcome to today's episode of the Power of Positivity podcast. Before I begin, if you can interact with the podcast in any way, shape or form by giving it a like, rating or a review, that would be amazing. It really helps my podcast grow organically because if you just take two seconds out of your day, hit that follow button or do whatever you can, it really helps my podcast like reach other people so that they can listen to it and it really helps my podcast grow. So I'm so grateful for every single one of you who have done so, so far and you're all amazing human beings. So before I begin as well, thinking about growth, I am hoping to start getting some merchandise out in order to do that I'm going to need some sort of sponsorship so if you or your company or any sort of business that you're in is willing to sponsor the podcast if you just message me I'll leave my information in the show notes down below and if you would like to contact me and with any sort of inquiry about a potential sponsorship definitely leave a little message in an email or a message on my Instagram or whatever you can possibly do. So today's episode is one of those episodes where I'm just going to tell you the things that I have learned recently and I'm going to make this into a part one and a part two so the next episode will be part two obviously. So this episode we're going to be talking about the things that have finally clicked for me and have made me realise so much and they've all come from this one book which I'm going to be going through my key things that I have highlighted, things that I have noted down from this book. And if you haven't read it, read it because these are definitely only, I don't even know how many points I have here. I've got quite a few, but these points I have here are just some of the amazing things that are in this book. That if you read this book, you will see so much things will click for you basically 100% and you will see a change and this is just me recommending a book that's all it is it's just it's an amazing book and it is Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk book basically it's just the best book that I have read I'm planning so for me my one of my new year's goals was to read 23 books in 2023 and my goal is to obviously then read two books a month and one of them will be a fiction book and one of them will be a non-fiction book. And this was for my January one. And this book had made me read, well, it made me realise that I can read more non-fiction books. So books that tell me, like self-help books, because sometimes self-help books, honestly, if you ever tried to read one, you realise why are there so many pages for one topic it just doesn't make sense these books are so long and you know what Jay Shetty's book is a very long book but I'm telling you the things that are in that book are just incredible so I'm going to be going through a couple key takeaways from this book and you know this these things are huge life lessons that you will take with you for the rest of your life and definitely have something that is something that I've taken away and definitely will be taking away for the rest of my life so the first one is The only thing that stays with you from the moment you're born until the moment you die is your breath. If you think about all your friends, your family, the country you live in, all of that is going to change throughout your life. But the only thing that stays with you from that moment you are, you've been put into this world and the moment you get taken away from this world is your breath. And, you know, realistically, 
Put your hand up if you take any time in your day to think about your breath. Every day. Probably not, I don't. I, I think about my breath every few days. Maybe if I'm going to yoga or if I'm meditating, then I'll start thinking about my breath. But I don't do that every day. I try, but I don't do that every day. And it's just, it's something that, you know, your breath is actually, if you really actually take a moment to think about this, that is the only thing that is with you. I mean, your body's going to be with you, but your body's also going to change the way it looks, the way it feels, everything about it, your body will change, but your breath will stay the same. And your breath is with you and it does change as well. When you're crying, you know, that gasping, you're gasping for breath. When you're in danger, you hold your breath. When you're happy, you're just your breath or you're surprised, your breath speeds up, all of those things. Your breath is just with you. And we never take time to focus on our breath. So something that I've learned from this is just to, you know, if I'm ever in a moment where I'm feeling really nervous or I'm feeling really anxious about a situation, I remember what I can control and what is with me. And my dear old friend, my breath, that is something I can control. I can slow it down with my mind. I can tell myself to slow it down. But I can also tell myself that, hey, no matter where you're going to be, your breath's going to be there. If I walk into that room and I'm going to start feeling really anxious, what's going to be there? My breath. It's like a companion that's going to be there the whole time. And if I just slow down my breath, think about my breathing, count in for four, to breathe in, hold, then breathe out for four, hold. You know, your breath is there for you and it can help you change the way you feel. So once again, if you're feeling anxious, you can hone in on that breath and the breath work and you can really feel the power of something that is with you for your whole life. Like it's it just, it, that one made me just kind of sit back for a minute and go, you know what, that is so true. My breath is with me for my whole life. And there's nothing that is really, that is there for me my entire life, like fully. <laughs> so the next one is focus on the root of things, not the leaf of the tree or the symptoms of the problems. Oh, God, I thought that one was brilliant. I literally, so focus on the root of things, not the leaf of the tree or the symptoms of the problem. So when we're thinking about an issue that we're having in our lives, we tend to think about the way we're feeling, the way that it looks towards other people, all of those things. But we need to really think about the roots because if we're not understanding where this rooted problem is coming from, this is a big old journey, this is not going to happen overnight, but this root of the problem is what affects the rest of the tree. And that's a really important one to understand. So the next one is looking glass self so looking dash glass self so this is where we live in a perception of a perception of ourselves we've lost our real selves as a result and this basically means that we are living in a version that isn't necessarily true to us and how can we recognize who we are and what makes us happy where we're chasing this sort of distorted reflection of someone else's dream really we need to understand that our values and what what our values are and where they come from to understand who we are and this is all a big process of finding out who you are and that's a whole life journey as it is but where do we, un- how can we understand who we are? That big old question that you're trying to figure out throughout your whole life, no matter if you're 20 or 41, 51 or however old you are, you're trying to figure out who you are. And the way you can do that is to understand your values. Now, 
you think about your values and you need to understand where they come from and if they still matter to you. So an example of this, if you value kindness, was the origin of this kindness taught to you from your parents? And is this still true to you? Do you still value kindness? Another one is appearance. If you value appearance, where was the origin of this value? Where did it come from? Maybe it was from social media. And we need to ask ourselves if if we still value this. Another thing I saw was research estimated that an average, or on average, each of us will spend more than 11 years of our lives looking at TV, social media, and our phones, really, as a big bubble. Perhaps, you know, our social media choices feel casual, but time reflects values. Time reflects values. Now, that is quite an interesting one, because when we understand what we value now you write this down you can make a list of it and then you have like three columns you have your value you can really maybe you value education where did that come from maybe it was from one of your parents who really honed in on you that education value do you still well, well where did it come from your parents do you still value that yes or no maybe not as much as you did when you were younger or maybe you still value it and you want to kind of bring that through to the rest of your life maybe who knows If you do that as an exercise, that's a really interesting one. And, you know, again, the things that we're doing constantly are things that we value. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing them constantly, good or bad things. So time reflects values. And 11 years of our lives, that's a long time of just doing things. I mean, maybe, I mean, to be fair, I I love watching TV. I love going on social media. I love scrolling on my phone. Doesn't mean that, you know, that big 11 years figure is quite scary. But just doing what you can and making your time, using your time the best you can, you know, doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. There's no right way to live your life. There's no way you come to the end of your life and you go, yep, you lived your life wrong. But the way that you're living is what you value. And if you realise that you don't value those things anymore, like social media, and you don't really value it, then how can we begin to change that a little bit? So the next thing that I have is the cancer of the mind is comparing, complaining, and criticizing. Comparing, complaining, and criticizing. One of the exercises that you can do to kind of minimize the amount of times we're comparing, complaining, and criticizing is, now, this might be something you don't want to do, but now that I'm gonna say it, and I'll say it out loud, and you're going to listen to this, you will notice this more just because I've said it and it will come to the forefront of your mind and it's there. You're going to, you will see it now. I've said it. But the one exercise that you can do is to keep a tally of every criticism, complaint or comparison that you speak or think. And then for every one thing that you write down, you have to think of five things that counteract that thing you've just said basically we don't we really don't give much attention to what well we don't give it well the thing is is that we don't give attention to ourselves and what we do and what we don't do and what we fail at but we tend to give so much attention to what other people are doing what they fail at and what they're not doing great at 
And if you're thinking about a ratio of that, you're really, you're thinking of like a two to one or a three to one. And that one is you giving some self-reflection time. Because you're constantly criticizing and comparing yourselves and complaining about other people. And you just sometimes forget to remember who you are. Now, Mel Robbins put something in, in a podcast with Jay Shetty, actually, about being the player on the field or someone in the stands. Now, what does this mean? So the player on the, the, player on the field is getting things done. You know, they're helping out the team, but they're failing as well. They're, they mess up a couple times. They're not doing great. You know, it's going a bit downhill. Sometimes they pick themselves up again. It's going back up. You're getting there. You're getting there. But then... They're, they're getting out there and actually doing something. But those people on the stands, think about it. How many people are on a field? Depending what game you're playing, you've got a couple people on the field, but the thousands of people who are spectators for this game, the spectators are just, you know, they're judging, they're criticising, they're complaining, they're comparing the two players that are, oh, he's better than, her, than she is or whatever it is. It's... A whole thing that can cause a cancer in the mind and if you're gonna you can decide in your life do I want to be that person who is you know shouting out all the things that this person's doing wrong complaining about how he didn't kick that ball that way or how she didn't throw it that way whatever it is you're complaining you're criticizing and you're comparing that is not good for your mind. You know it's not good for your mind. But you're also just not doing anything yourself. You're the one on the stands just acting like you could do better. Well, if you could do better, why don't you get on the field and start doing it? And this can be a, like a like metaphor for anything in your life. If you've wanted to start your own podcast, hey, let's stop judging and comparing yourself to other people's podcasts. Get out there and just start it. If you want to start a business, oh, well, this person's really big and started and did it really big and like, they did two months and they got this much revenue, whatever it is, why don't you just get out there and try it? You know, you could fail. I mean, you probably will. And that's a good thing. You learn from it. But if you fail, at least you tried and you got out there and you started playing on the field. But most of us think about the ratio of how many people are watching compared to the people who are playing. There's going to be so many people who are judging, comparing, like criticizing all of those things and you're the one who can actually be that person who steps up and starts doing something with their life instead of thinking oh well they could be saying this they could be doing this no just get out there and try it what's the worst that's going to happen I say this to my friends all the time what is the worst thing that's going to happen I don't think you're going to die from it you might get a bit embarrassed you might fail people might be a little bit judgy of you but is it going to kill you no because realistically no one's going to care in a few weeks probably no one's going to remember like you're gonna it won't be a big deal after a while it's going to be something that you know who cares you're only on this earth for a blip of a moment of the whole universe of time and everything like that you might as well go out and try things instead of just sitting there and complaining. And this is not a dig at you. This is trying to motivate you into just getting started and just doing something that will make you proud and wishing that you, like a year today, would you go, hey, so happy I started back then because I'm really getting somewhere now and I'm really doing what I'm planning. I'm, I'm just doing well. Maybe I failed a few times. Maybe I failed a really, really big one time, but... I'm still here and I'm still doing really well. And it's just something that we all need to think about because 
the amount of times you thought I've thought to myself oh like you compare you can criticize and you complain it's something that we all do it's kind of natural I think I think there's some sort of innate drive in us that does that but I mean comparison is definitely something that we have that is natural to us because if we didn't compare ourselves like let's think about caveman times if you compared yourself if you didn't compare yourself the speed that you were running to the big old predator in the corner there who's about to kill you you didn't compare yourselves to them then you'd probably die you'd realize okay they're faster than me let's go hide somewhere in a small spot they won't get to if you didn't compare yourselves you just keep running and hope for the best all of those things they are natural so it's not bad but today we're living in a time where we don't really need to be doing that we're not surviving every minute of every day we're doing the best that we can and everything like that. So the next one is from the Dalai Lama, which is a is a script basically. And it states that if you think you're too small to make a difference, try sleeping with a mosquito. We all know the effect a mosquito can have on us if that tiny, tiny mosquito that, you know what? To be honest, I don't think I've ever seen a mosquito. There's always people who are just like, who can see a mosquito, feel it, but I just don't actually know if I've ever seen one. And the damage that mosquito can do to me is something different. (laughs) So if you think about it, if you don't think, if you think you're too small to make a difference, or if you think maybe your words are too small to make a difference, you've got to think about a mosquito. Small, but (laughs) deadly thinking about petty negative thoughts and words they're like mosquitoes and even the smaller ones can rob us of our peace so if you're constantly just telling yourself that you're ugly you're fat you're skinny you're disgusting all of those words that are horrible you know you say them every now and again but they can have a real effect on you no matter if they're small they said passing words like nothing massive but they can have a real effect on you and the way that you are and it's something that it's it's a it's a big deal it's definitely a big deal now I've got four more left for you the next one is I wish is code for I don't want to do anything differently oh I wish I could go and do this but oh I just oh I wish I could go to the gym but I'm just so busy at home doing nothing I wish I wish I wish I wish if you want to do something make it happen and as I'm not gonna say I'm I'm not pretending it's the easiest thing to do it's definitely not it's easier said than done 100% but it's something that you can do if you can't do it you have to see why you can't do it but I wish is code for I don't want to do anything differently just yet like well I'll give it a you know yeah I don't really want to yet something to think about when you say I wish a lot of the time (laughs) something I think about now as well especially after I've just said that so the next one is no organ is more important than another all of them work in concert and the body needs them all that one I thought you think about that and you realize sometimes when you feel really insecure and you feel like you really aren't doing well and you don't you just feel like things aren't going that your way you feel like an imposter syndrome i think 
let's say with your friends, you're feeling this sort of, you know, you don't know if they really like you. You're feeling in that moment of just insecurity. Maybe you're at work. No matter what, no organ is more important than the other one. All of us are human beings. We're all the same. We all have a heartbeat. We all have skin and hair. You know, we're all important. And if you find yourself thinking that you're not valued, just think about the fact that no organ in your body is more important than the other. They all work together to form some sort of harmony in your body. The next one is, who are who you are is not what you say, but how you behave. You can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk, basically, that's trying to say. You can tell yourself that you're a big old bodybuilder who works out nine times a week and goes for six runs a day, <laughs> but it's, is it how you behave? Do you maybe go out drinking every night? Whatever it is, just remember that you're not what you say you are you are the way you act it's how you are around people how you act around servers how you act around family friends that's who you are not what you say if you say and you have a little resume for yourself do you actually think this is true is this really how you behave an interesting one to think about and the last one is something that i thought was actually so interesting and kind of links to the behavioral part of the one before that i've just spoken about is 55% of our communication is conveyed by body language. 38% is tone of voice. And only 7% is the actual words we speak. And this is what this study showed. But wow. So 50%, let's break this up. 55% of our communication is conveyed by body language. That means a lot. So if we're closed off, we're looking like we're not very confident, not arrogant. I'm don't want to. I'm not putting out arrogance, but I'm putting out confidence. I'm opening my shoulders. My head is held high. I'm acting confidently. That's fifty five percent of your communication done already. That's interesting. Thirty eight percent is tone. You could be saying, "Oh, I really want to do that," or "Oh, I really want to do that." Okay. <laughs> You know, it's the same same words, which is why I actually got really confused when I thought 7% of the actual words we speak. Because, hmm, that doesn't make any sense. 7%, what if I'm telling someone something really deep and it's all to do with my body language, apparently? No. <laughs> but when you think about things like that, when you say, oh, I really want to go there, or, oh, I really want to go there, like, it definitely has an impact. I'm not sure. The percentages seem like they're very interesting to think about. But... It's an interesting one to think about. That 55% of our communication is body language, 38% is the tone of voice, and 7% is the actual words we speak. It's like, hmm, okay. Well, I'll think about that one next time I'm having a conversation with someone. Maybe they are, the, my, the focus should be more on my body language if that is what is taking what people take in the most so that is what I have for you for today's episode I really hope you enjoyed this I really enjoyed just talking about all the things in this book this book is genuinely really good if you haven't read it already it looks quite scary looks quite big but you can able to digest it it just one day at a time reading as much as you can definitely something I say you should read get the highlighter out sticky notes whatever you can do Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty is definitely something that you should read. And these are just a few of my key takeaways, but I will be going into more 
in the next episode. So once again, if you can interact with the podcast in any way, shape or form, it means so much to me. And I'm so grateful for every single one of you who have done so, so far. So thank you so much for listening. And I will see you again with another episode very, very soon.